everyone. Welcome back in another episode of the Wobcast 2.0. We're starting a off-season uh, bonus series of Wobcast 2.0s where we take a look at every position on the Vikings roster, assess what went wrong, what went right, give it a grade, and look ahead to see how they can be better in 2024. Welcome in, everyone. Today, we're talking corners. To help me break it all down is my partner and co-host, Giles. Hey, partner, we know this is an important position, the cornerback position, and it strikes me, you you tell me if you disagree, but it strikes me as a position where there are, um, there's not a lot of gray area here. You look at the players on the position and it's like definitely part of the solution, definitely some things that we can work on here and want them to be a part of it, and then Definitely not part of the solution. This is a hole on the roster that we have to address. It wasn't hard for me to evaluate this, Giles. Now, I think part of that is because they're around the ball a lot. They're making tackles mm-hmm. and are making plays on the ball so we can see it. You don't have to do a ton of I, – I really hesitate to say this. You don't have to do a ton of tape study like, like you would with guards and centers, right, yeah. and like inside yeah. linebackers and D tackles. Like you, you pretty much know – who's good and who's not good. So it wasn't an easy analysis with easy decisions to make, but it didn't take me long to draw some conclusion on this group for the Vikings. Yeah, 100%. I I definitely agree with that, especially with the Minnesota Vikings cornerback room. But with that being said, I do think there are some sweet spots in the Minnesota Vikings cornerback room that aren't necessarily obvious. That's are low-key strengths that maybe people wouldn't see at the first glance. Um, Okay. uh, And I think that is the true benefit of a Brian Flores defense and the idea that a lot of defenses around the league, they have their starters, and those guys keep going until they're out of breath, and then they swap somebody in for a play or two, and the other guy catches his breath. And I don't think Brian Flores' defense operates that way at all. They are all built specifically on leveraging people's strengths and weaknesses. And there are some guys in in our defense that didn't necessarily play a ton, but that were more or less specialists in certain in certain categories that I think that we should discuss. But oh, at the end of the day, okay. I do agree. This is definitely a crowded room when it comes to mm-hmm. all the different positions across the Minnesota Vikings, definitely a crowded room. So if a change is going to happen, players are going to have to be released or traded because it's a crowded room. And I think all there's right. going to be a lot of splashes here for this next offseason. I'm, I'm, this is going to be a fun discussion then because there, I think there are going to be areas where we're on the same page here, but we might have some divergent opinions too on some things. So I'm let's, let's get into this. Um, yeah. I would describe it, now you interject where you feel appropriate, but especially if I'm off track or you disagree. I think it's a mostly young room with the exception of Byron Murphy. Now, Murphy led the team in interceptions, snaps, TFLs, and pass breakups, despite missing the final three games of the season. Yep. I don't love that he intercepted who he intercepted and not other quarterbacks. He intercepted Tyler Badgett, Taylor Heineke, and Jameis Winston. Uh, You know. (laughs) no one else so i'd like to see like you know (laughs) we got jordan love a couple times in there and we picked one off of jared goff i'd like to see that um but you know a good season for murphy got paid a lot of money came in here and played well and also a guy you can put inside and and play slot um so i like that so he's he's part of the solution um caleb evans started 15 games in his second year fourth round pick a couple years ago um someone you can have on the team develop and and potentially win with um Depth guys, Andrew Booth Jr., uh, uh, Joan Williams, Jalen Williams, who combined for 223 defensive snaps, you know, a couple of handfuls of tackles and three passes defensed. Najee Thompson played one defensive snap. He's kind of a special teams ace for you, uh, if you will, a core special teams player. Now, at first blush, 
uh, so, sort of those blunt force statistics. The Vikings allowed the most receptions. They yielded the highest completion percentage, and they gave up the 10th most yards. Now, that is not just on the corners. Safeties are involved in coverage. Linebackers are involved in coverage. You need to rush the passer. But those are the blunt force stats. Not a, yeah. not a great look. Seventh worst uh, passer rating allowed. Only had 11 picks on the season. Gave up you know, Keenan Allen, 18 catches for 215 yards. An underwhelming room from a production side of things with inexperience as their only crutch. Yep. However, that inexperience and the potential that that inexperience has is the silver lining and sort of the leverage for potential. So overall, I give it a pretty poor grade for 2023. I gave it a four on our scale of one to 10 guys. But from a prospect standpoint, what it could be, I think the arrow's pointing up, and I see this as a group that could be the most improved group in 2024. Yeah, I think that's important to note. I think, uh, uh, you know, getting directly to my grade, I gave this uh, a five, um, but mostly with the perspective uh, posture of the Minnesota Vikings defense when it comes to the cornerbacks. Um, Now we'll get into my thoughts on which players I like, but uh, to to hint one of them, I like the future of Makai Blackman specifically. Uh, He ended the year as a top quarter quarterback he was 32nd out of 127 qualified quarterbacks in his Mm -hmm. rookie season right in a season that he did not play cb1 or cb2 he was the cb3 and i think when leveraged he did very well he was the highest graded uh quarterback on the roster uh played 434 snaps still like he he's 511 from usc obviously hopefully we could pair him up with a a few other usc people from the draft uh i don't think we can get caleb williams though but uh, we'll see but at the end of the day he he did phenomenally and i and i look at a a pretty large resurgence in his second year that will increase our grade for the uh cornerback room moving forward with that being said i'm not in love with the rest of the cornerbacks on our roster um didn't love byron murphy's performance although he had some sweet spots he did not play super great uh caleb evans i think he took a step back uh in this year he was uh bottom quarter i think he was the 99th graded player out of 127 qualified uh, uh quarterback so not in love with his performance now uh like you're like you're mentioning i think the the pressure rate and there's obviously some issues that affected our quarterback room uh, mm-hmm. but honestly didn't love that now uh when you look at some sweet spots Jawan williams uh at face value wasn't a great cornerback uh when you look at most of his snaps i think he played uh 56 snaps in total throughout the 2023 season however When you look at specifically when he played man coverage, he was the 13th ranked cornerback out of 127 Mm -hmm. qualified cornerbacks. So when it came to man coverage, he was borderline top 10. Now, in the rest of the categories was not great. Now, I think we talked about him before the season. Uh, He was definitely a bright spot of what we thought could be. Now, clearly, he had some issues when it came to adapting to the complexities of Brian Flores' defense. Obviously, it requires a pretty big head uh, to be able to operate with all the different nuances of what that looked like. But when it came to just matching up and going for it, he actually did pretty good. So if you're looking at a guy that can step in to do man coverage, if we do re-sign him, I'm I'm willing to give that a try. Um, Definitely a bright spot there. Um, Jay Ward from uh, 
uh, from LSU did okay. Uh, he only had like 35 snaps, but excited to see what that could be. He's a, a true cornerback safety hybrid, which I think definitely thrives in a Brian Flores defense, uh, but definitely something to, to look at when it comes to the offseason. Um, but ultimately, between Makai Blackman, Joan Williams, and Jay Ward, those are the, the highest bright spots in my, in my purview, uh, but the rest I am not necessarily excited about. Sure, there might be some increase in performance if you increase pressure rate. Um, I think that'll naturally happen, but definitely not excited about the rest of that roster. Okay. So I, to me, I think that if we're operating from a, an, like an optimal standpoint, like, like future state, this room is operating how we designed it. Mm-hmm. What that looks like to me is Murphy is your, is your Nick, like your slot corner. I, I get it that you're paying yeah. him a ton of money, but like yeah. he, he is, you know, he's over the slot receiver. And if there is not a slot receiver and it's, uh, you know, they're, they're in a, a two wide receiver look. Yep. I think you have a debate there on if Murphy's on the field or not, you know, and that depends on the talent level behind him. Of course, um, yeah. Right now he's totally on the field, but I think yep. from an ideal state, you might have Blackman's elevated performance and then a new cornerback on there who you could, you could put out there. That is yep. future state. For now, yep. Murphy's one of your two best. He, he's your yep. best, probably. But I think ideally, you want him to be like your second or your third best, and he's your your inside guy, your nickel guy, slot guy. Yeah. Um. You know, Makai Blackman, I think, is an outside corner. Now, yep. I think there's a hole here at CB two. It's really CB one. You don't you don't have like. Of an, an ace corner. I know you have Murphy, yeah. but you, you really don't have one. So I think that's a like hole. A I think that's, guy. you don't have that. You don't, and I don't think you have a guy who can be that uh, with all due respect to, to Makai Blackman. No. Um, so I think that's a hole here in the roster that you can consider in the first round. Yep. If you add that, even if you added a, a guy who's like a step better than Makai Blackman and you had yep. that guy, Makai Blackman and Murphy, with a Caleb Evans and Joe Juan Williams as depth guys, now I think you're getting somewhere. I think you're getting I, somewhere now. Yeah, I, I actually think you're you're on to something here. And I think that definitely gets translated into who is available this offseason. And specifically, someone's available this, this offseason that has a overlap with Brian Flores. Oh, you know I was is? looking. No, I was looking for this and I didn't see it. The the best name I want to know who it is. The best name I saw was Legarius Sneed. I see that yep. he's free now. I he just won the Super Bowl and he's really good. So the price tag yep. is going to be high, and I'm sure the Chiefs really want him back. The other yep. two names I had on there were Stephen Nelson and Stephon Gilmore. So Sneed, yep. Nelson, and Gilmore were the three best that I saw in free agency, and I ended up thinking a different route was better. Yep. Right? There's there's trade, free agency, retaining players, and drafting players. So I didn't think it was a free agent who was the answer. But who's the guy who you're thinking of? So uh, you're 100% correct in the idea that those three were the best three up until about a couple days ago. I forget exactly when the yep. news broke. But the Miami Dolphins released Xavier Howard. Uh, now, I will say uh, he won't necessarily come cheap. However, his last three seasons, last two seasons, rather, he's kind of struggled in performance, if we're being honest here. Uh, last year, he ended the year at a 55.1 grade. Um, however, 
he has been under a new hood coach down there. Uh, they're obviously a very offensive centric uh, uh, team down there. They want to run the ball or not run, run the ball, but like uh, be a fast paced uh, track meet team. But when you look back to when Brian Flores was the head coach under or over Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard had a 87.3 grade. When Ooh. he was under a Brian Flores defense, he thrived. Okay. He had an 89.6 grade in coverage. Now, that'd be a little bit of an if here, but if you can get back to a true tandem there from a, a lockstep between head coach and quarterback, I, I'd be I'd be totally game for that. And because of his his lack in performance last year, I think there's a chance he could come back at a little bit of a a discount deal, so to speak, if he could get, get him uh, in the Minnesota Vikings. But Ooh. I'd be all about that. If he could step back into true cornerback one posture with that type of scheme, I think it, and you resigned to deal. I think you instantly shoot up to an amazing offense or a if defense you, rather. So I, I get it. It comes at a cost. Have you done any market analysis? What's what's the per year? What what's the year one, year two cost of that? So uh, I'm looking that up right now. I should have okay. came with that. Uh, so in, it's okay. Yeah. While yeah. while you look that up, I'll keep going. As long as Giles doesn't come back to us here with a number that we can't get to. I don't know, how, and, and, and if Flo signs off on it and he's like, this, this cat can play it, let's go get him. I want him. He does what he can do what I'm going to ask this guy to do. Xavier Howard with Byron Murphy, with Makai Blackman, Caleb Evans, Joan Williams, Jay Ward. I mean, with one signing, you have taken an entire position group that requires a lot of bodies and requires high production for you to have good defense. You have taken that position group totally off the board in terms of having to address it in the draft with additional free agents. If you sign Xavier Howard, you are set at corner from a depth standpoint, from an ability standpoint, you are good and you can just forget about evaluating them, drafting them free agent. Like you're, you're good. Move on to something else. And that's a big, big one to be done with. 100%. And he is just getting off of a five-year, $75 million contract. He was making $15 million a year annually. And that is his past performance. And he has obviously dwindled a little bit. So I think you can absolutely get it cheaper than that. Oh, my God. I think you can get it 11 or $12 million, and I'm signing that all day long. In four years, in four years, $11 million per, totally in on that. And I'd give him $30 million of it if you, you know, guaranteed $30 million of it, you know? Exactly. Uh, Oh, hell yes. That, That is really good. Um, that makes me even more excited about the prospects for this room. Now, if anyone else feels this way about him, the price tag goes up, right? If, yep. if, if any other team feels as good about him as you and I do for the Vikings, it, yep. it, it might be 14 million. Who knows what it is? Yep. But there's just value in being like, okay, CB, line through it, done, moving on to the next position. Yep. And not only done, if you can get truly back to that, that 89 grade performance, you're you're in a an amazing posture. You didn't just like <laughs> elevate your cornerback play. You you brought in a shutdown corner. If we're truly getting back to that play, no, right. I think unless there's rumor that those guys don't get along, I believe that Brian Flores and Xavier Howard that relationship will be another key to getting him in the room. If you do truly want to go after him, even if someone's willing to pay marginally more on another team, if he knows that he can get back into a scheme that he thrives in, why would he not want to come to Minnesota? Yeah. Really? I, I agree. No, I, I agree with that. Now, other than the weather. <laughs> as, yeah, right. As high, what do you mean? It's, it's nice in, inside U.S. Bank Stadium this time of year. Well, what are you this talking is about, true. Guys? It's supposed to be 70 <laughs> degrees today. I'm all about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I, I, I don't want to temper the excitement for Xavier Howard. I just want to clarify. Like, I don't think Xavier Howard is like Darrell Rivas or Jalen Ramsey in his prime. I think he's just represents a significant improvement from where they currently are and from anyone else on the market. Yep. And even if oh, – yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no go, yeah. go, I was okay, going to say, okay. I do think so, he is so, a Jalen Ramsey guy in his prime. I really believe he's a yes, top but he's not yeah. Right, but he's not there anymore, right? Yeah, so, enough, yeah. So he's, I'm not saying you just got, you know, Revis Island. I know you yeah. didn't. I, I know yeah. you got uh, something that's distilled down from his prime form, but it is still so much better than what you have and what you could realistically get yep. that it's, it's worth it to me. And it's at a position that matters. We're not talking about an inside linebacker or your second safety, you know, or a core special teams player that you're going to try and elevate up to be a starter. Like this is an important position to be good at. Yes. And and you are completely solving it, and there's schematic familiarity with yep. the player and the coordinator. Uh, it's a, a total win if yep. they can make that happen. I'm a, yep. a huge fan of it. It's a transformational signing because it's no longer a thing that we talk about in the offseason about how can we get better at corner. We don't need to yep. get better at corner. We already did. Let's talk about the next position. Hundred percent. And even if you lay out all the other elements that we've talked about this offseason of a priority, if you want to improve from your defensive line, uh, defensive line standpoint, and you get a second or two better when it comes to getting to the quarterback, which seems like a little bit, but a second or two matters. If you can get just a second or two better, and if you get a second or two better in the secondary, in, in terms of holding up with your wide receivers, that's how you shoot up into a top five defense, in my opinion. Yeah. I really yeah. do. If you get a second or two better on both sides of that, that's where you're going to become an elite an elite yep. defense, especially with yep. your play caller and Brian Flores. Yep. Agreed. Now, when it comes to the draft guys, um, Terry and Arnold is probably the best yeah. corner in this class. And he's from yep. Alabama. Um, yep. Not a ton of corners going in the first half or even first three quarters of the first round, which is unusual yep. because analysts and therefore teams are itchy to take corners in the first round. Very itchy. Yep. Like people yep. love taking corners in the first round and they're just not getting mocked there, which tells me it's not a strong class, which is just another reason to be on board with going to get Xavier Howard. Yes, uh, 100%. Because uh, you never want to put yourself in a, in a point of uh, desperation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and and trying to overreach for guys. Or, you know, I think uh, the Minnesota Vikings have definitely proven over the last decade that they've had a need at corner and they've overreached because they knew they had a need and then maybe overreached a little too much and obviously yeah. have wasted draft capital. Uh, so I think this is definitely a point where I'd be fully on board spending in this category because, mm -hmm. you know, would I love to get a Sneed? Absolutely. From the Kansas City Chiefs, he is he's a great cornerback. I would love to have him on the roster. But I think when you think about the position, and the people that we have to pay this offseason, I just don't think it's realistic. Yeah. Unless you're I willing to deprioritize another space. Yep. I, you're right. I agree with you. Um, man, I, I hope the Howard thing can work out. I, I'm definitely going to keep ear to the ground and see if that's something that gets whispered about and talked about. Um, man, that would be yeah. a big win for the Vikings. Um, you know, we have a schematic and a coaching category in these analysis and these analyses, um, I should say. Um, I think scheme is a positive factor here for the Vikings. I like the yes. scheme. I think there is a, um, a very organized, detailed brand that is being um, executed here by, by Flores. Um, so I like that. And um, I don't have any reason to doubt the coaching, the position coach or you know the technique 
in general that's being taught. Um, so I think yep. scheme and coaching are good here. I think it's really a personnel and an experience yep. thing for the Vikings in the, in the cornerback room. 100%. Now, I will say, if you had to pick, if you had to pick Xavier Howard or getting a tremendous defensive interior guy, I do think I'm going defensive interior, though. Now, I'd love to do both, to be very clear, because I want to make sure yep. we're addressing defense this offseason. But if you had to pick, I think I would say defensive interior, because when you look at the schematic, like you're talking about, we are heavily reliant on zone coverage. Although we do go man every once in a while, we are heavily reliant on zone coverage. And there's a lot of mismatches and there's a lot of complexity that uh, a lot, a lot of illusion of complexity, I should say. Um, so if you want to really elevate your defense, you got to get pressure. Um, so, you know, do I really want to pay top dollar for someone that's going to sit in zone coverage? Not necessarily, but I don't think top dollar is anywhere in the 11 to 12 million category. Yep. You can get a Xavier Howard for that. Let's absolutely go for it. Um, Cause at the end of the day, you want your secondary to be very smart, to be very cerebral players that can understand the complexities of your defense. And that's what you're getting in Xavier Howard. He's a very intelligent, matured yep. player. So I'm all about that when it comes to matching personnel to the schematics that we're putting on the field. If presented with that choice and you got to go one way or the other, I would take the, in, the elite interior defensive lineman over the elite corner in this situation as well. Yes. I, I should say over Xavier Howard in the situation as yeah. well. And, what it comes down to for me, I agree with what you said, but also what it comes down to for me is would I rather ask a great player out out in space to cover a little bit longer? No, I don't I don't want to do that. I want to ask not as great of a player out there to cover for a little bit less time. Yep. And you do that by making it a mess on the interior with your yeah. with your pass rush and all that. So yeah. I'd rather I'd rather what I'm saying is I'd rather get better on the inside with my defensive line and put less pressure on the guys outside yep. than try and just get elite on the outside. Because even if you get elite on the outside with a couple of corners and a great safety, if you can't rush the passer and Patrick Mahomes has nine seconds to sit back there, he's gonna pick the elite guys apart. Even the elite guys are going to get picked apart. So I, yeah. I would rather be elite, um, you know, up front on the defensive line. And you, the Vikings will get that way by adding in, by keeping Hunter, but then by adding one of the guys who we who, who we mentioned um, in the earlier episode of the, of, uh, the Wobcast 2.0 this week. DJ Reader uh, is the guy we sort of focused on. But um, yeah, yeah, I um, as excited as I would be about Howard, I'd be more excited about you know DJ Reader or Christian Wilkins or someone like that. Which, yeah, hey, 100%. would Flores have some Christian Wilkins crossover, I wonder? Oh, I didn't even put two and two together. Absolutely. Yes, I believe I they, think, they were on the same so. team. Yeah, uh, that could be very interesting. If you could get someone like that, and even if there's some, some other lower tier draft prospects or even free agency prospects, I think another thing that needs yeah. to be really emphasized is a cornerback's ability to blitz because our entire yeah. defensive schematic outside of what we talked about is sending five, six, seven guys, uh, you know, uh, up. And sometimes they have to go blitz. Sometimes they have to be standing alone with receivers. So uh, someone that is, is very versatile, I think is incredibly important specifically in this scheme. He was, he was Flores' first round pick in 2019. Yeah, Wilkins I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so absolute crossover there. Could you sign both? Oh. Ah, <laughs> if you could, <laughs> you should Christmas. do it. Yeah. Um, so now I would prioritize Wilkins over Howard Yeah, if I had to, but I'd be happy if, with the, if the Vikings got either one, I think you'd be happy. Either one yeah. would be great. A great get Agreed. for the Vikings. Yep. Um, but 
we're supposed to be reviewing corners here, Giles, not yeah, interior defensive <laughs> linemen. Come on. Defensive interior uh, on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> so I, as, as underwhelmed and not great as I was and thought the cornerback performance was for the Vikings last year, I, I look at them in 2024 and I don't think it's, you know, I'm looking at dark storm clouds and the end of the world. I, I think yeah. there's prospect there to be better. Um, and I think they need to get better. If it's the same next year as it was this year, it's a big problem for for the Vikings defense. Um, it will it it will prohibit them from getting better as a team. They got to get better in this room. But I think yep. the pieces are there to do that. Yep, agreed. Yep. Um, I think it definitely be an interesting offseason. I think uh, if I'm making a projection, I think they're gonna try to make a splash in free agency here. I really oh, yeah? do. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um, the added cap room, which we talked about in the earlier week episode of the Wobcast 2.0, will help them with that. Um, and they can actually help, even with like potential Jefferson re, uh, resigning, they can create some cap space with some other moves, some restructures, and maybe some releases. So, um, yeah. and look, I mean, it's a little bit like it's very much go time for Quezzy and O'Connell, don't you think? Oh I mean, my goodness, yes. It's going into your third year. This they're is not new shot. anymore. Yeah, they're, they're not new anymore. Like, this is it. Shoot your shot because you might not yep. get another shot, right? I mean, yep. if it's another the non-playoff year, yep. you know, trouble. So you might be right there, Kyle, that this this might be a little splashy uh, free agency offseason uh, for the Vikings. So that's the cornerback room for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, anything left to uncover or talk about, Giles, on your side of things? Um. No, I think that covers it. I'm, I'm excited to see what this draft brings, free agency brings. It's definitely going to be a busy season. Yeah, it is. We um we want to cover every position group here with these bonus episodes of the Wobcast 2.0 here in the early part of the offseason. We're going to stay on defense, and we're going to do the edge, like the defensive ends and, and outside linebackers uh, next week as we go position by position and review uh, the Viking season in 2023 and give those positions a grade and look ahead and see how they can get better uh, in 2024 and help the Vikings make that jump and recapture supremacy in the NFC North. So there we go. have a, a, a good rest of the week and weekend, Giles, and we will reconvene next week for two more episodes of the Wobcast 2.0.